Do you feel that sometimes your life or those of a loved one are complicated and out of control? You're not alone. Welcome to In the Ring with Mia, featuring five-time world and international boxing champion Mia St. John. Mia and her guests will share stories and invite open discussions about topics that need to be discussed. You'll be empowered to find help or be help. Now, here's your host, Mia St. John. Welcome, everyone. You are in the ring with Mia, and I am your host, Mia St. John. So, you guys, I'm so excited today because it's my first radio show. Now, those of you that know me know I had a podcast called In the Ring with Mia St. John. But, you know, I and, and I love doing it. It was like so much fun. Um, but I wanted to start, I really wanted to do a radio show because I really wanted to talk about issues that were really important to myself and, and a lot of like my fans and friends and family and just pretty much everybody that I, I, I would run into. I would get all these questions and because, you know, I had, I, I had a son that had mental illness and I suffered from a lot of mental health issues myself, which, of course, you know, led me to the ring, um, really helped my fighting career. So you'll be in the ring with me every week, um, but just not to box. Okay, we're going to be discussing these issues that are so important um, and that affect us socially, emotionally, physically, mentally, and Occasionally, I may, from time to time, answer a few boxing questions. Okay, but right now, I want to discuss something that is is really important. I think to to all women, um, not just my age, but I'm I'm really excited to talk to this guest because I have a lot of questions uh, for myself and and women my age, and I think men too. I think that that this is about hormone balancing. And I think that a lot of men think that this just pertains to women, (laughs) but it really doesn't. Um, So I'm really excited about today's uh, guest. She is Dr. Victoria Jean Monlock, and she's an OBGYN, and she likes to be called Dr. Vicky. And she is the author of Blossoming, Becoming a Woman, a mother-daughter guide for hormone balancing the adolescent female from age 12 to 20 years old. Her second book is Full Bloom, Perimenopause, Menopause, Postmenopause, and Beyond. And today we're going to be discussing hormone balancing for women of all ages. And I love this topic because I have a hormone, very hormonal 27-year-old daughter And myself, I am in menopause, or am I? And that's one of the questions that I have for Dr. Vicki, amongst so many more. But first, let's introduce Dr. Victoria Jean Monlock, or Dr. Vicki, I believe, as she likes to be called. Uh, Hello, Dr. Vicki. Hi, Mia. How are you? Thank you so much for allowing me to come and join you on your show. You're first. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. I, you know, like I said, I have so many questions for you. I don't even know where to start because I feel like this topic, you know, like I said, it affects so many women out there. And it's really a subject that nobody wants to talk about because even when I try to talk to people about, Menopause. First of all, like women my age, I'm 52. 
a lot of women don't even want to admit that we're in menopause. And like I said, I don't even know if I am. So you can answer that that for me. Um, but well, you know, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say there's a completely different answer to your question if you ask a traditional Western physician or if you ask somebody like me. In other words, the Western medicine answer to are you in menopause is let's do a blood test that's called an FSH, a follicle-stimulating hormone test, which sounds really scientific and gobbledygook, doesn't it? Right, and, and I think I had that test. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's a stupid test. Let me just say that again. <laughs> it's a really stupid test because it only tells you if the light switch is turned on in the pituitary or if the light switch is turned off. But as we all know, you don't just flip from perimenopause to menopause. There's a process of irregularity, of your hormones go high, they go low, and they do what we call the dance in our office. We call this the hormone dance. And you swing anywhere from a fifth percentile of normal to as high as an 85th percentile of normal. And that swing happens sometimes month to month to month to month. And then you may quit for a little bit and you think, oh, I'm done. And then all of a sudden you kick back in, which we call the last hurrah. And that last hurrah is your ovaries doing that irregular dance one last time, and that can be anywhere from two to six to, in some cases, 16 months after you think you're done. Okay. So So tell us, like, what are the first symptoms? Like, what's the first thing that, that a woman my age would recognize? Well, now, first of all, I'm going to say not your age, your maturity, okay? We don't use that A word, okay? That defines... Us My in a experience, light. right? Yeah, exactly, right. So you are fifty-two years young, is what you are, okay? And you are fifty-two years mature, but you are not fifty-two years old. That just is the wrong right. mindset. I'm fifty-two okay? years experienced. So, there you go. Right? <laughs> okay. Right. It's a totally different feel, isn't it? It, it, it really is, because I mean, even to me, like fifty-two seems young-ish, you know, you know, but for, I think society, society has this idea that once you've passed 30, (laughs) 30, 35, we're like, you can no longer call us a babe or a hottie, we're all of a sudden uh, a, a woman. And you can still wear whatever style of clothing, you can still do whatever sport. Some of the most accomplished women that are out there are past that 30 to 35 year and, young And mark. that are still hot. So, I mean, look at Jennifer Lopez. I mean, there's not a guy exactly. out there that can say, and how old is she? She's like 50, almost 50. Exactly, now. right. So, so age is only in the, in the brain of the beholder, so right. to speak. Exactly. Um, okay, so hormone balancing. Who needs it? What does that mean? When is it important? And where is this done? And you can answer it. And why do we need to pay attention to it? 
Well, if you think about the fact that hormone is the foundation of our health, just let that sink in for a second. Hormone is the foundation of your health. Think about a chair with four legs, okay? And if you have, and realize you have four hormone groups in your body, your male-female hormones are only one leg of that hormone chair. Your second leg is your thyroid. Your third leg is your adrenal and your cortisol, which handles your stress. And good Mm -hmm. Lord, who has stress, right? And your fourth leg is your blood sugar insulin. So if your female male hormones are out of balance and you sit down on that chair, what happens? That's a broken leg. Boom, you land on the floor. And you don't even know how you got there. Right? So you try to get up and sit back down on the chair, boom, you're back down on the floor. Because you cannot balance the rest of your health unless your hormones are balanced. Right. And nobody tells you that. No, nobody will tell no, you that. they don't. I had no idea, like somewhere towards the end of my fighting career, you know what I noticed, and, and I think you'll probably recognize this, is I. I used to go into the ring like really like pumped and like my hormones were running and I was just, you know, nothing could stop me. As I got older, I started walking into the ring yawning like there was nothing that could get my adrenaline going, nothing. Um, and, And nobody could explain to me why, like what was happening to my body. And because I just all of a sudden could not get pumped any longer, no matter what I took. And I, I tried everything, ephedrine, you know, caffeine, nothing would get me fired up. Now, was that hormones? You weren't, you weren't asking, yes, you weren't asking your body the right questions. You were saying, okay, I'm assuming my hormones are in balance, and so there's got to be something else. But your leg was probably broken on that hormone part of your chair. But nobody told you to check that. And how do you so fix that? what if, well, it's super simple. And it's going to be so simple, you're going to think, huh, really? Why didn't I do if that then? You do blood levels and you replace them with bioidentical hormone. And you put yourself back in balance. Now, that's not birth control. And it isn't anything that, oh my gosh, it's the hormone that's going to cause breast cancer and heart attack and stroke oh, no, 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 I'm not taking that. Well, no. What I, what I really want to emphasize is that if our body makes bioidentical hormone, our estradiol, our progesterone, and our testosterone, total and free, if our body makes them, why are they so bad to replace them in us? Think about that. Well, I think that the... Stigma is that you, you, first you have to admit you've you've come to that point because I know for a long time like I refused to say I I had reached that point where I needed help. Um, so we first have to get over that, um, and then who do we who would we go to? You know, well, I'm going to tell you that your GYN or your family practitioner should check your blood levels because Mm -hmm. guess what? They're covered by your insurance. Mm -hmm. It's 
a check mark on the lab requisition slip, and it is paid for by your insurance as long as you code it correctly, like abnormal periods mm-hmm. or PMS, or there are any host of codes that will cover it. The trick is does your doctor understand how to put you back in balance? And that's what I started to realize is that I know this, but so many of my colleagues got caught up in the Women's Health Initiative research that was talking about the non-bioidentical hormones in this country, the Premarin and the Prempro. That's not even human-based. That's Mm -hmm. horse-based and test tube-based. So there's nothing human-based about those Premarin and Prempro. Yet the human-based got demonized the estradiol and the progesterone along Mm -hmm. with the horse-based synthetic. And everything got lumped into the category of hormone is bad for you. Right. But again, I'm going to say if your body makes estradiol and progesterone and we have the ability to measure it by blood, number one, and we have the ability to replace it, number two, Mm -hmm. even with medication approved by your insurance, Mm -hmm. what is so bad about putting us back at age-appropriate levels? Exactly. I completely agree with you. Um, For those of us that, like, you know, like for myself, I had no idea what was going on with my body. Um, What are some of these symptoms? And was that one of them? Um, Because I, I believe I... I still, yeah, I still had my period. Um, I, I don't think I lost it until I was like 50. I'm 52 now. But what are some of the symptoms? Like how do we know as women, since no one really talks about it and it, it, it's such a stigma, what can we look for ourselves? Like what can women tell women out there what they can look for? What are the signs? Well, and, and I'm going to start really, really simply by saying everybody is going to have their own initial set of symptoms that will be ubiquitous to all of us, but unique to you. So if, for instance, you were yawning and yours was a, and I'm just going to guess that this is what you would have marked, is that you had uh, a deep fatigue, like a deep fatigue, like deep bone-tired fatigue that you couldn't get your moxie, your energy back. So you felt like you had kind of lost, I'm going to say, lost a level of your energy and that you were looking for ways with caffeine and whatever to get that energy back. But when you don't have, and that's a lack of or a decrease in estradiol, our main female hormone. So think of the fact that when you're in your 20s, you are making anywhere from 90th to 100th percentile of estradiol and progesterone, and you are hitting on all pistons. You are large and in charge. And then in your 30s, the average amount we make is between 75th and 90th. Well, when you're doing a very intense sport where you have to rely on every part of your musculature responding the way you expect it to, a drop from 90th to 75th percentile is significant. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, 
that that's yeah. huge. And then you hit your 40s, and in your early 40s, you go from a 45th to a 75th. You, you know, kind of fluctuate between there month to month. And then in your later 40s, you fluctuate from a 5th to a 66th. Those are huge variations, yet they're quote-unquote age-appropriate variations, but it doesn't always bode well for what we ask our body to do performance-wise. Right. So whether it's in muscular or in joint pain or that deep fatigue, or you may start experiencing some short-term memory loss, some what? Some short-term memory loss. (laughs) Which, yes. (laughs) Where you look at your best friend and go, um, 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 oh, yes, yes, exactly. Right. I do that every day. Right. I forget my my daughter's name. (laughs) Well, right. So we run through a litany of, right? And we all laugh about it. Right. But that's estradiol changing. That is incredibly interesting. I wish I had known that then. Right. Yeah. So there's a whole checklist of symptoms. And notice I've included muscle, joint, heart, brain. I didn't even talk about your bladder starting to leak when you... Right. Yes. Yeah. Or in the ring when I got when in the ring I started peeing in the ring when I would get hit. I would yes. I I and I didn't understand what was happening. I'd go back to my corner. My shorts would be drenched. But uh, Dr. Vicky, we're about to go to break, and when we come back, I would like to talk about my favorite subject. We're going to talk about sex. Okay, sex and when you're middle-aged, what happens? Um, so I'd be interested to see what Dr. Vicki has to say about that. Uh, and let's take our first commercial break. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, MiaStJohnFoundation.org, and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit MiaStJohnFoundation.org today and help us make changes in the lives of those who need it the most. Okay, so let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills, because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural you can keep it a secret, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with. 
His experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers, along with him also being a professional sculptor, has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs, from the simplest to the most complex. Please don't wait and visit DrLawrenceRifkin.com or call 310-273-0200. In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock out stigma once and for all. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring. And you're back with Dr. Vicki. I have been having so much fun talking to her. Um, now, this is a question that I know a lot of people have. We were talking about menopause and what women go through and what I experienced in the ring. So many things like, oh, my God, losing my drive to get in the ring, my, my ugh, you know, that, that killer instinct and um, and the the big joke in boxing was that Mia always pees in the ring, and and now I know why, thanks to Dr. Vicky. Um, <laughs> this is all things that started when as I got older in fighting, and I guess at that point I probably should have thought, well, maybe it's time to retire. But no, I kept on going. My sparring partners just loved me though for it. <laughs> I'm kidding. They actually hated me. They're like, oh my god, Mia peed in the ring again. Um, so uh, one of the big questions that I have is why does our sex drive go up in middle age for women and down for men or does it really? Because I, I, I have to tell great you, great question. Yeah. I have to tell you, first of all, like I, 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 I do still have a sex drive, but it didn't go up. In any way. So is that a myth? What I really want to drive home is that libido or our sex drive in women is driven by our estradiol levels. Isn't that amazing? Talk to any physician and what they want to give women is testosterone. It's like, well, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That works mm. for a guy, okay? A guy has more testosterone than a woman does, okay? That's why testosterone in their libido works to give them testosterone. It only works in a woman when they have a tendency toward making more testosterone their entire life 
like polycystic ovary, and that's a different topic for a different day. But every woman I know functions primarily with their libido having a higher estradiol level. So remember when I talked about hormone levels swing and they do the dance? In your early, in your mid-40s, and you're swinging anywhere from 5th percentile to 66th percentile. Well, imagine if that's your estradiol level. When your level is low, you've got about as much interest in sex as looking at a door. Okay, right. It's like not going to happen. Okay, But when your level is up at 66th percentile, you're back to being in your late 30s and okay. That, that's sounding pretty interesting. Okay, honey, you know, are you ready? You know, so it's so the, the, month to month to month, and it's not your fault. Right. So, well, so the whole thing about the cougar, isn't that a myth? Because shouldn't well, it be going down? If, well, but imagine, okay, that if somebody, again, has been a polycystic ovary patient, they their entire life have made a more... Uh, or a higher amount of testosterone, and that's been a part of their hormonal background, is that they make more male hormones. And you'd be surprised that anywhere from 15 to some experts say as much as 25% of the population is polycystic ovary. The other comment I'll make is that, again, think of those four legs on your hormone chair. If one of those legs is broken or wiggly, not working mm-hmm. very well, your other legs, your other hormones will try to help out like siblings. Mm-hmm. So you find yourself sitting differently on that chair, so now your thyroid's trying to come to the rescue. Your adrenal and your cortisol is trying to come to the rescue. And instead of helping, you get these other hormone groups recruited to try to help, but they end up stressing themselves. And now not just one hormone group is in trouble, but several of the others are strained or now in trouble. So now your chair is really unsafe to sit on if you follow my drift. That's when women will have issues where they feel like nothing they're doing is helping. And that's because they're already taxing all of their other hormonal groups. Right. Okay. So I know that there's like, you know, that's one problem, I think, that that we have when we reach middle age as far as sex goes. Um, but what are the other problems that women can experience during sex, being well, older if, sexually? Well, they'll be dry. Yes. And they'll, they'll think, oh, my gosh. If, if I can't adequately lubricate, my partner's going to think I don't love them anymore, that I'm not aroused not by excited. them anymore. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and realize that that physiologic response of lubrication is all about having enough estradiol. There we are back to that hormone level. Right. Again. So, exactly. And realize, too, that even if you say, well, okay, I... I I'm just going to use a lubricant. I'm going to use that KY they talk right. about that gives warmth, I know nothing you know, and, of that. <laughs> well, you know I'm what joking. I'm going to tell you is that all it is is greasing something that doesn't want to stretch. Yes. The other part of enjoyable relationships is that 
you can actually be a, an active partner and enjoying it at the same time. Yeah. What if you're lubricated, but it's so tight that it hurts because there's no elasticity left in your vaginal vault? Because as you drop your estradiol level, your elasticity, that stretch of your vaginal vault goes away. And now it's like cactus sex. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. And oh, I don't ouch. understand. Yeah. I, you know, and this is all things that I've experienced and I had no idea why. So now I'm putting it all together now as I go through my life. Like I've been experiencing these symptoms and having no idea. Why don't women know this? Like why, why are we so ignorant to this? I, I'm well, just, I'm a little it again shocked. Is that, is that hormone has been demonized. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to walk back for two minutes and just, give you the really quick overview that Women's Health Initiative, which was supposed to be and is still touted as the gold standard hormone study in this country, Mm -hmm. was done poorly. It was done with Premarin, pregnant mare's urine. Excuse me? Yes, pregnant mare's urine and Prem Pro, which is Premarin, plus a synthetic progesterone. So nothing about the formulations that they studied included human-based. Now, in Europe, they did the human-based. They did estradiol and a medication called Prometrium, which its generic is called progesterone, because that's the human-based. And all of the, the research findings with heart attack, stroke, and breast cancer in Europe said nothing increased zero incidence increase in breast cancer, improvement in cardiovascular disease, Mm -hmm. no increase in stroke, and an improvement in longevity and quality of life. That was the European result. Right. And nobody wanted to hear that in the U.S. Even with risk, if you're telling me all this, and and I believe, you know, it's, it's accurate, um, because I know you know your stuff, I'd be willing to take that risk because, like you said, it's quality. I would rather have quality of life, and I I wish I would have had my hormones tested. Is it too late for me to go? <laughs> I'm 52. Not at all. No, not at all. I start uh, women in their 70s. Oh, my I goodness. I start women in their 80s because, again, if you have spent... You're 12 to age 50. That's 38 years. If you have spent 38 years with hormone mm-hmm. and now you're at age 52, Mia, and mm-hmm. if you went through your changes, let's just guess, two years ago, mm-hmm. then you have used up all the reserve in the tissues that you have left and now your body doesn't know where else to turn. Right. Are you willing to have that quality of life decrease, and it sounds like no. Hell no. The rest of your life? Right. Why are women put through that when guys continue to make testosterone throughout their entire life? Right. Why are we stigmatized? Right. Because Mother Nature didn't want us to have babies after age 50, and because we couldn't raise them if we were going to be dead. Okay. Thank you. You just led me into my next question. 
is what if we wanted to have kids? Like, what if I still wanted to have kids? Um, I, I had my kids when I was in my early 20s. But, but what, if I, what if I decided one day I wanted to do that? Is that too old? And how does that happen? Well, realize that you need to be not only in good health, which I'm sure you are, but you have to be able to sustainably keep adequate hormone levels on board, not just to allow conception to happen because you have to be able to ovulate. You have to be able to have um, adequate levels of estradiol and progesterone throughout the nine months of pregnancy because progesterone is the hormone that prevents miscarriage. And that is also poorly understood. Even in the medical community, many OBGYNs do not check progesterone levels in women who are recurrent miscarrying types of patients because Mm. they don't recognize that a dropping or too low progesterone doesn't allow for a rich enough lining for that fetus to implant in, and so they will miscarry. And it's not their fault. It's not poor genetics or a bad reason from the fetus standpoint. It's that the hormone balance is off. Right. And so hormones are important throughout our life. Yes. And it but if you're stop with menopause. If you're in menopause, um, say, which I assume is you no longer have your period, correct? Is that correct? Well, or you've I'll, gone a I'll year. tell you that the medical definition, and it's laughable, okay? The medical definition of menopause is one year without periods. Right, correct. Now, tell me how, tell me how proactive can you be about predicting when that year is going to be for you. You can't. It's a retroactive definition. You only know after you're past. So right. how can you proactively help yourself? Because that's you the only reason I say I'm in menopause is because I went, I completed a year. Um, but what a dumb definition. And now you've lost a year where you could have helped yourself. Where I could, exactly. So right. I assume after this year, um, someone like myself could no longer have kids or could no longer get pregnant. Is that correct? No, that's not necessarily the case. Now, would you have to work with a specialist? Of course. Would you have to know where your levels are? Of course. So there's going to be a much more involved process. But does it mean it couldn't happen? Of course not. Of course you could. And does that apply to men, too? Because let's say you have an older, um, an older significant other. Does it, does it matter what age they are and their hormone levels? No, it doesn't. No. It, their hormone levels, yes, because they still have to shoot swimmers, so to speak. But they have to have an adequate testosterone level to be able to have enough and enough per cc that sometimes an infertility specialist will pool several samples from the same partner, put them all together to gather enough to then do an artificial insemination for their partner. So there are many tricks in the world of infertility that don't always involve the full-blown in vitro, okay? So 
But the first and foremost is you have to know where your hormone levels are. You right. have to. You and know. and right. it's interesting that, that people always think or society thinks that it's just we women that have to be tested. And and men oh, men don't don't apply to that rule, which is um, completely false. About a third of infertility is from the male side, and that's a staggering statement to make when you really think it's as you say, mostly the woman's. Fault, it's the woman's fault. It's correct. Not. Yeah, it's it's not. It is as much a male factor for infertility as there is a female factor. We just have more things that need to be checked. We could have ovarian issues. We could have uterine issues with fibroids and polyps and, and you know, incomplete and, and not rich enough lining. And all of those are hormone-based. Right. We could have endometriosis, which makes yes. scar tissue and blocks our tubes. So we have a few more issues that need to be checked than simply do we make eggs and do we ovulate? Exactly. And, with and I guys, think it's do we make sperm? Right. You know? And I think so. a lot of people don't know that, and that's really important for us to know. Um, like I said, I would have loved to have known this years ago, and sadly, there's just uh, not a lot of information out there for us. And and I was I remember googling some years ago when I was considering still having kids, and and there still wasn't a lot of information. Um, so I'm really surprised to hear all this today, but I, I encourage everybody to get get hormone tested or, or balanced. If, if you're feeling these symptoms and they're bothering you, like they were bothering me, um, but that's the first thing I'm going to do when I get back to L.A. is get tested. <laughs> so, And it, all it is is a blood test. And without having a period, it doesn't matter what timing you get your blood test done on because you're not cycling. But if you still are cycling, then it's really important to get your blood levels drawn one week before you anticipate your period because right. that is the peak of your estradiol production and the peak of your progesterone production. Good, good to so know, Dr. Vicki. get Vicky. drawn at the right time. Yes. Right. Um, great information. And when we come back... We're going to talk about another huge issue for women and men, not just women. We'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, miastjohnfoundation.org, and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit miastjohnfoundation.org today and help us make changes in the lives of those who need it the most. Okay, so let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills, because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. 
Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural you can keep it a secret, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with. His experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers, along with him also being a professional sculptor, has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs from the simplest to the most complex. Please don't wait and visit DrLawrenceRifkin.com or call 310-273-0200. In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock out stigma once and for all. You are listening to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring. And we're back in the ring with Dr. Vicki. I have so enjoyed talking to you because I feel, I know myself, I feel so relieved. And I hope a lot of you women out there and men um, are relieved too because this is a topic that a lot of people don't want to talk about. We've been talking about hormone balancing. Um, Now, one problem that I know a lot of us have, and I know this because I get so many emails so many messages um, from people all over asking me about how do I control my weight? And I sit here thinking, how the heck do you think I know? <laughs> like I'm, cause I struggle with that too. As I, I went from, I started fighting as a featherweight, like 126. And I ended my career at the age of 50 or just shy of my 50th birthday, uh, weighing 154 once I retired, I lost about 30 pounds. Um, so now I'm about like 129. Um, but it, and a lot of it had to do with going off of uh, um, a lot of like supplements that I was taking um, to keep that muscle weight. But I have to tell you, Dr. Vicki, it has been a struggle. I feel like when people ask me, what do I eat? I say, uh, air and water, um, pretty much, and and I exercise still every single day. So, tell us what do we women do and men? It's not just women, okay? Like, what do we do? Well, I want to I want to bring you back to that concept of that four legged chair. If your if your body is fighting with 
you don't have enough hormone in your system and now your thyroid is trying to recruit to help and your adrenal is fighting to, to help and your blood sugar insulin is fighting to help. That's your blood sugar, okay? But all four of those groups are now off and that chair is unstable. So how can your body think about maintaining or losing weight when it's fighting to just survive? Think about that for a second, okay? You do not have enough energy in your body to fight the fight of equalizing all four legs of that hormone chair and lose weight. One thing it's going to drop off is, oh, forget about that weight. We'll get back to that later, okay? But it's going to try to rebalance your hormone groups. So until you do that, the weight is going to be a constant struggle. Right. And it's as if you look at food and you gain weight. Yes. But I will share with you, right, I will share with you that when I get women balanced, and it may, it's not going to happen overnight, just like weight doesn't always go on overnight like it seems to, but we can't lose weight unless we rebalance our body and then the weight will come off because it's a natural part of the process of our body rebalancing. So I'll get people that they come in, all four of their hormone groups are off. By the time we get everything rebalanced, they don't even have to work at it and the weight starts coming down. That is and incredible. And they're looking at me going, oh my God. What just happened here? I said, you balanced your hormones out again. Your so, base is balanced. Dr. Vicki, so starving my female friends out there is not the answer. Not at because all. Because that's, that's the best. Yeah, the that's best what we always it. think is is we're going to starve. No. And and I know that's how I keep my weight down. <laughs> but but well, uh, thank goodness. You have a child. Well, right. If you have a child or a pet. Do you starve that pet to get them to lose weight, or do you starve your child to get them to lose weight? Yes. No, you think of healthy, <laughs> I starve my dog. approach. <laughs> I, mean, I have to admit, I have to admit my daughter, like, it just it wants to kill me for this, but I, I actually have my, my dogs on a diet. <laughs> but I, again, but I, I do have a dog that has like a hormone problem. So he is on medication. But I mean, think about that, that we're willing to put our dogs on hormone medication, but not us as humans. I mean, I'm I'm just like I'm floored by this. And the first thing I want to do when I get back home, like I said, is call. Now, what kind of a doctor do I call? And and well, my OBGYN or your right, your internist and, is going to say, "I don't understand hormones." Talk to your OB, and you're going to talk to your OB, and I'm going to guarantee you that nine out of ten of you are going to hear, "Oh, you're either too young for hormone, we can't talk about it yet, or we don't do hormone." Now, why don't they do hormone? Okay, isn't that a great question? Why is that don't an you do hormone? Endocrinologist. No, 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 no. They don't care. They're going to send you back to the GYN. They want to do the, the really fun things in the world of endocrine. You know, They want to do the, the red herring kind of things. They don't want to be bothered with something as mundane as periods and whatever. No, go back to your GYN. Okay. So, but GYNs are not taught this in medical school. Isn't that crazy? So how do we find, they how are we supposed to find a good one? You talk to me. In other words, I am joining this group that I am the physician trainer. 
of every physician coming into this group called RHM, Regenerative Health Maintenance. So in the meantime, I am inviting every one of your listeners to not only get a hold of my books and read about what your issue, how you find yourself in the books, Get your blood work done, and I'll write out the lab slip for you. I will send it to you by email. I'm going to do that. And then, yeah, and, and then the results come back to me, and we do it over the phone or over Skype. It's that simple. Isn't that great? Oh, my so goodness. Now you've got I'm your first customer. Or your gazillion, yeah, or your gazillionth, or your gazillionth customer. <laughs> well, tell us. Okay, tell us your book again, and and how to get in touch with you. Yes, thank you. I have two books, and Full Bloom is the forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, and beyond I have to book. Get that. That's our book, so to speak. That's us. And I talk about the myths and the truths, and I explain the anatomy. I explain the hormones. I have case studies in there by decades. So women in their 50s, how do they present? Women in their 60s, how do they present? Women in their 70s. And how to talk to your doctor. But if your doctor won't do or doesn't know how to do hormone, then the perfect out is contact me. So I'm in Wisconsin, yes, but that's only a phone call or a Skype call or you know, or whatever away. So I'm really very accessible. And we send to you, based on a, a quick, what are some of your symptoms kind of, of questions, mm-hmm. we send to you a lab requisition appropriately marked, appropriately coded, that you then take to the lab covered by your insurance in your area, and you get your blood work done. My name is on the slip, so it comes back to me. And then we set up a time over the phone to review your results. And then you know exactly where you stand and what it means. And so how do we get a hold of you? How can our listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, my, well, my my, um, website is my name, Victoria J. Mondlock, M-O-N-D-L-O-C-H, M-D, sc.com. So it's pretty long, but it's my name. Victoria J. Mondlock, M-O-N-D-L-O-C-H, M-D-S-C.com. And it walks you through all the different things that I do and that we have to offer at our office. But again, the contact information, how to call us, and I'll give you that, 262-524-9116. And tell us and your, we are, your book again, in case people the, out there want to get yeah, your the book. The two books that I've written, two out of the four that I'm planning on totally writing, Full Bloom perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, and beyond, but full bloom is good enough, is the book for the 40, 50, 60, 70, and beyond. Mm-hmm. Blossoming is the mother-daughter guide mm-hmm. for the adolescent because think about this statement for a minute, like mother, like daughter. The swings 
that we have in our 40s with our hormones are the same swings our adolescent daughters have in their teenage years. Isn't that interesting? But we rack it off as and, and say, oh, it's hormonal, go to your room. Right. We don't understand that they're going through the same things we are. And shouldn't this, shouldn't this be something that's taught in our schools? Because I don't ever remember uh, learning of any of this in school, having no idea all, what was going on well, with right. me as a teenager. No, I do, do you know, Dr. Vicki, that when I got my period at like 11 years old, I had no idea what it was. I thought I was dying. Like no one oh, had, no exactly. one talked to me. It was hush hush. Nobody talks about sex. Nobody talks about anything. I mean, this was the era too. You know, I was born in '67. Right. And so when it happened and to me, that's how I opened. Right. That's how I opened blossoming. Is I tell my story of my first period, and how horrific it was to me. How and frightening! How I had to listen to my mom tell her bridge partners, oh, Vicky got her period, and they're all cat, oh, ha, 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 giggling, and I'm horrified. Right. Oh, my God, my mother just I, shared my deepest, darkest secret with the neighbor lady? Right. Oh, my God. Right. You know? Well, I didn't even know what it was. I mean, I, I hid it for so many months thinking I had cancer, I was dying, and to think that my mother, well, I have to give her an excuse, she was from Mexico, and maybe it just wasn't talked about but I know in the United States like no one ever in school we never learned about it so how the heck are girls supposed to know what is going on and and not just you know having a period but there's so many other things that that go along with puberty um, that are not explained to us and can leave girls like I I was depressed for a long time I remember not knowing what was going on with my own body it's all part of hormone kick-in, if you will. It's all the, the swings of getting that machinery started, but it's not a smooth startup, like starting a car mm-hmm. when it's cold. It rattles and it shakes, and it, it yeah. isn't that smooth running engine. It takes a while. So that's why I wrote Blossoming as a mother-daughter guide, because I want to have the mother-daughter do this together. This is something that I don't idea. want daughters. Yeah, I don't want like, them out there on on Doctor Google finding out the worst right. of the worst well, advice. And Google, if you're born today, I mean, gosh, you're lucky. Back, you know, like I said in the seventies, like there was no Google, and and to go to the library. The library, like, heaven forbid, I should go up to the librarian and start asking these and questions. Ask that yeah. question. right? Yeah, but, but I want to think isn't always going to have it, the most accurate it, it information. Doesn't. So we it doesn't. want them to get accurate yes. information, and I encourage them so, to to get your books and to get a hold of you. And I know that's what I'm going to do, you guys. I'm going to get a hold of Dr. Vicky. Um, but I want to thank you so much for well, coming on. Both books, both books are on Amazon, so. They're easily found. I highly encourage everyone listening, get a hold of the book and find yourself in there because you will find yourself in there. I'm going to get those books for sure. And I'm definitely going to be calling you too. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me for my first show today, In the Ring with Mia. Be sure to join us next week when we have guest Tom Palladino. Thank you for tuning into In the Ring with Mia. 
Be sure to join host Mia St. John for the next show on Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, you are one of the most important people in the world. 